0: Hello, welcome to North Coast Calvary Chapel's audio podcast. Today we're studying Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I know this is risky business. Every one of us has an image of who Mary is or who she's supposed to be. And some of that just comes from readings, some of it comes from thoughts, and some of it comes from our different denominational church backgrounds. So it's risky business, but I promise what I say today, I'm only going to be sticking to scripture and honoring what scripture says, and we want to learn. We're going to learn three things. We're going to learn Jesus' concern for Mary and his good friend John at the cross. It's going to teach you about God's concern for you. The second thing, we're going to learn about the family of God. In this moment that we study today, Jesus expands our understanding of the family of God. And then the third thing is the importance of now what to do. What do we do now? What's the best course of action? And we're going to put all these together and see what God has to say for you and me. Let me first read the scripture and then I'll pray. John 19 verse 26. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Father, we pray now that you would speak to us, that you would pull back the layers of your word, that we would not only understand it in our minds, but you would speak to our hearts. And we ask this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. So the passage begins with three words you're going to love forever. When Jesus saw. Remember those words. When Jesus saw. So, Jesus is God. He's been running the universe. And while he's still running the universe, he's hanging on the cross, dying for the sins of humanity. In the midst of all of this, Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved. Incredible. He's on the cross. He's suffering. He's been there for six hours. He's been betrayed. He's been tried. He's been up all night, beaten, humiliated, scourged, carried his own cross, and he's hanging there, saving the world of all of their sins. And Jesus saw. He needs to attend to something. It's almost like someone who's tidying up his will and last testament. He sees Mary, and he sees John. He notices something. He focuses on two of the closest people in his life. John, his closest friend, and Mary, his mother. Now, I bring this out because there's this false religion. It's not just here in America, but this false belief that kind of goes something like this. God's got bigger things to worry about than little old me. And it sounds so noble, so stoic. You go ahead, God, and you run the universe and save the world. Don't worry about me. I'll catch up with you later. But listen, God notices you. I think it's a heresy to say that God somehow is too busy to care about the small things. It's projecting onto God who we are. We're not good oftentimes on multitasking big things and little things at the same time so we project that out onto God and I believe it's making God small. It's in the crisis that we often meet the love of God. Let me say that again. It's in the crisis that we often meet the love of God. Rather than saying, God, don't care about me, bring our crisis to God because you're catching, you might say, raw Jesus. This is who Jesus is, in the raw. He's just caught there in the moment of salvation. And he speaks to Mary and he speaks to John. John. So if you've ever wondered about how God cares about your personal needs, here it is. He's still loving. He's still caring. He's still planning. He's still providing for you. Listen, when you make God too big and too busy to care for you, your God actually is too small. Right? Am I right or am I right? So this is good news for all of us. You in this moment, when you think Jesus is not noticing, He is. When you think He's not caring, He cares. When you think He's too occupied, He's not. When Jesus saw... It's what mothers do all the time. Think about you moms there you are you're you're getting dressed for work you're paying the bills you're straightening up the house you're helping the kids get ready for school and one of the kids starts crying you do it all the time why not god so now we come to part two and we see a new family forming this is good woman Behold your son, or in the NIV, here is your son. Some of us are kind of offended by the fact he's calling his mom woman, because we certainly would not do that to our wife or our mother in our culture. It does sound offensive, but it's not true for that culture. Let me give you some background. It's really, in, in Jesus' culture, it would be like using the word "madam" or "madam." He uses it in John 2 when he refers to Mary and she asks him to pay attention to the fact that they've run out of wine at the wedding in Cana. He uses the term to refer to the Samaritan woman and he calls Mary, Magdalene, woman in the garden when she thinks he's the gardener. It's not a term of disrespect, it's actually a term of honoring And it's a bit formal. Homer, the famous uh, Greek historian writer, has Odysseus addressing Penelope with that term. And Augustus, the Roman emperor, addresses Cleopatra with this term. So it's not, it's rather, uh, you might think of it, it's Jesus fulfilling the Torah. The Bible says to honor your father and your mother, and Jesus fulfilled the Bible, and he's honoring his mother right there. And his mother, I want you to see the picture, she's standing off a bit distance. She's not at the foot of the cross, as many of the painters depict Mary. Uh, She's a bit of a distance, but she hasn't run off like the rest of the disciples, and the Gospels tell us about a handful of women that stuck with Jesus to the end. That's good news, right, women? This is interesting. Matthew says it was three women women among several more, Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Jesus, she, it, he refers to her as the mother of James and Joseph, and then another woman uh, who was the wife of Zebedee, the mother of James and John. These three women were there. Mark brings out the woman Salome and then Luke just says it was a large number of women and John brings out another woman who was also named Mary the wife of Clopas. Why do I bring that out? I'm just kind of giving some kudos because the only man who was still there was John the Beloved. All the other men had fled but the women were hanging tough and there they were now we come to the controversial moment there is this doctrine that has existed that Mary was a perpetual virgin and it's believed uh, today by some believers Christians which is fine that she was forever a virgin but scripture tells us that she had four other sons James, Joseph, could also be translated Joseph II, in other words, Simon, and Jude. And you say, well, where did this perpetual virginity come from? Well, it came actually from a document called Protoevangelum of James. It was a false writing, a pseudepigraphal writing in the second century that believed uh, and that. Sexual intercourse was sinful and could not picture Mary continuing in that vein and so developed that idea. And then in the 4th century, it was validated by some great leaders like Augustine and Gregory of Nice. And finally, the Pope gives it its validity. But the truth of the matter is, and in Hebrew culture, Semitic, Middle Eastern culture, it was an honor, not an act of sin, to have intercourse, to have children, and to have more children. And so Mary is there with other sons. And that has to be brought out because it's part of the story. Mary has sons. She doesn't need another son. You get it? But Jesus is is pointing out something that's bigger. There's a bigger family now, Mary, I want you to know about. You have another son. It's this guy named John who's been right there, my closest friend. He needs a mother. And, Mother, you need to care for John. You need another son. He's opening her up to see the bigger picture of the family of God. This is is kind of a healing moment in Mary's life. In Mark chapter 3, there was this moment where Mary, you might call it the dark moment of Mary, you're still there, right? Just checking. There was this dark moment where Mary came down from Nazareth to Capernaum And Mark tells us that they thought that Jesus was out of his mind and they came to take him away. He was teaching all these people and it was the the era where Jesus healed the guy that was dropped down from the roof and and, and he's teaching and, and they come and tell him, your mother's outside. And he knows why they want him. They think he's flipped out. They want to take him away. Jesus says, Who is my mother? My brothers and my sisters. Is it not you who do the will of God? These are my mothers and all the people sitting around listening to Jesus. So here's the deal. Mary finally becomes a follower of Jesus. She becomes a disciple. She's in. And now that she's in, She's in to the degree that Jesus said. You do the will of God. And now you're realizing you have other people in your family. Isn't this great news? We feel it right now in this lockdown because we can't be with all the brothers and sisters that we love. But it's not a pseudo-family. It's not a fake family. It's not a kind of, sort of family. It is... The family of God. Now just think for a moment. Who are those people in your lives? I had this lady in my life, Mother Mitchell. Dear, dear woman. She uh, mistook me at a church camp for her grandson. I was just in my 20s. And she thought I was her her grandson. And um, I corrected her and she says, no worries, you can be my grandson now. And she started treating me like her grandson. She preached all over the world. She was this incredible missionary, particularly in Ethiopia and uh, what was then uh, part of the Congo, also into Kenya. And, And she's actually buried in Africa. But she adopted me. She would come up and visit me on college campus. Uh, We would talk, and she was this woman who'd walked with Jesus for 60 years. She'd seen incredible miracles. She had this close relationship to Jesus. And sometimes I even caught her talking to angels. (laughs) I know. But she adopted me. I had a wonderful mother, but introduced me to this idea that it's a bigger family. Now, I want to bring all of this to a close because it's Mother's Day and you guys need to celebrate. But, check out how this passage ends. It says, From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. From that time on. So, Jesus' close friend John and his mother take Jesus at his word and they adopt each other. Tradition has it. There's actually two traditions. One tradition is that John took Mary into his home there in Jerusalem and uh, she was there for 14 years until she died and is buried in Jerusalem. Another tradition is that when John eventually moved to Ephesus, which we know he did, and he wrote the book of Revelation on an island just off of Ephesus uh, called Patmos that he took Mary with him to Ephesus and that she died there. That's not important. The important thing is the family got bigger. And here's what they did. They did something about their loss. Now think of it. In this generation today uh, think about the loss of Mary and think about the loss of John these two giants who have just lost Jesus uh, we would want them to be in grief grief therapy for 20 years Um, focus on yourself focus on your loss focus on your feelings but Jesus doesn't ignore that but he takes them one step further and the same is with me I'm not ignoring the pain it's true pain loss is loss but there's a step beyond it what do we do now and doing is so therapeutic to the loss when I used to counsel people that was one of the things I always did if you are counseled by me I'm gonna begin to not only listen to you but I'm gonna ask you to do things because it's going to lead to your healing and John doing something for Mary and Mary doing something for John was the best thing that Jesus could have asked them to do for each other and he's doing that at the end of his ministry. There's another mother in my life. I mentioned my real mother carrying the cross. Uh, There's a lady named Connie in our church. Phenomenal woman senior in our, in our community who prays, and she prays, and she prays. And anytime I have a secret prayer request, I go to Connie, and I say, Connie, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for the church. Because I know Connie will keep it to herself, and she'll go to her knees and do something. I do something with the, the stuff I have, and she does something with the stuff that she has, and she takes it all to Jesus. So, great lesson there at the end. Doing something in the midst of our loss. So, there there you are, folks. Jesus cares for you more than you could ever know. In the midst of this crazy, crazy crisis. Secondly, there's a bigger family. And then thirdly, the best thing we can do for ourselves is to do something for somebody else. So, here's your homework. Think about the family of God. Who needs a phone call? Who needs some groceries? Who needs a little bit of help because they've lost their job and they've got bills to pay? We on this Mother's Day can once again become the family of God. So good to be with you guys. I'm going to pray for us as we go back into worship. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for our mothers. Thank you uh, for the celebration of incredible women who have invested in their lives, in our lives. And it's our prayer, Father, that you would bless them this very unusual Mother's Day that will never be like this again. Thank God. That you would bless them, that you would protect them, keep them healthy, And that you, God, would bring sons and daughters into their lives. uh, That we, as the family of God, might love each other better. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So good to be with you. And now may God bless you. May he keep you. May he turn towards you and be gracious unto you. And may he grant you the peace that is wholeness. And that is, may he give you safety. May he give you provision. May he give you forgiveness. May he give you health. I pray this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit our website. North Coast